code name is Trixie, an experimental government germ weapon that leaves its victims either dead or irreversibly insane. When the virus is accidentally unleashed in Evans City, Pennsylvania, the small community becomes a war zone of panicked military, desperate scientists, and gentle neighbors turned homicidal maniacs. Now a small group of citizens has fled to the town's outskirts, where they must hide from trigger-happy soldiers while battling their own depraved urges. But even if they can escape the madness of this plague, can they survive the unstoppable violence of the crazies? I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here are B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. This week, as we continue to pay tribute to the late, great George A. Romero, we are taking a look at his 1973 film, The Crazies. You heard what the back of the box had to say. Now let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. I'd say let's start with the bottom three first. All righty. Work our way up to the positives. Well, I have to say, uh, at number three, my favorite character, Clanker, dies. It's, it's very sad. I, I, was, I, I, I like shed like one tear. Spoiler. Fuck you. <laughs> number two. The first half hour of the movie moves pretty slow. Uh, you know, it's all just small tidbits of this and that, but it does actually kind of build up the real meat of the film that, you know, is exposed after, you know, a little bit of time. Number one, nobody listens to the doctor. From the time he's pulled, you know, out of his lab to be sent into the field, straight through to his unfortunate demise. Like, everybody just fucking ignores him. And, and because of that, the cure is lost forever. Like, like, come on, people. Like, why do we not listen to the one person who knows what they're talking about? Like, ever. And that's why the world is as crazy as it is. I agree. Number three, there was a bit of a slow start to this film. The first 20 minutes is mostly just a bunch of guys in hazmat suits walking around like a bunch of NPCs, talking all fancy words and shit like that. It gets really good after that, but it, it's a slow buildup, to say the least. Number two, the main group of characters, they're attempting to flee the quarantine zone, and you just can't help but think they're all just kind of a bunch of douchebags. I understand they wanted to escape the quarantine area after seeing how the infected were either herded into a gymnasium or shot and burned on site. However, they were putting everybody else at risk of infection, especially since they knew at least one of them was infected by the Turkey virus. Though, to be fair, it turned out just about all of them except for one was infected, so I guess you can chalk that up to the virus, maybe, I don't know. And number one, the T-virus, the Trixie virus, or T-virus was um, from Resident Evil, um, apparently causes incest, and as we established in our review of Attack Girl Swim Team vs. the Undead, that just isn't fucking cool. And this was especially uncool since it was a guy trying to have sex with his daughter, and that's like this shiny Charizard of fucked up. Yeah, not to mention, like, the, the guy, like, two minutes earlier in the film was talking about, like, how he doesn't let his daughter go out with, like, guys her age because they're pigs and this and that. And that brings me to, uh, that actually brings us to our top three. And for me, the top three, number three, Clanker at one point pulls this asshole off of his daughter because he's trying to rape her and beats the shit out of him. Why? 
Because Clanker is a true American hero, beating the shit out of father rapists everywhere. Yeah, the way you transitioned that, I thought you were like, number one, the incest. I'm like, okay, I'm glad you didn't go in that direction. Number two, there's a scene where the protagonists are fighting a helicopter. I mean, I mean, they have rifles and stuff, but seriously, they're they're fighting a helicopter from a forest. Like, it's pretty fucking badass, if you ask me. Oh yeah. And number one. The build-up and breakdown of each character as the film progresses is wonderful. And at times it calls into question, you know, if some characters are actually going crazy or, you know, after you learn their background, are they suffering from shell shock after serving in Vietnam and being put back in this war-type scenario? It actually, you know, brings a true terror of how society can devolve in a short amount of time and, you know, what they'll do you know, to break out of that situation. Yeah. For my top three, number three, I kind of, I agree with you on that one. This should seem like it was kind of a commentary on like post-traumatic stress or just being able to remove yourself from the insanity and violence around you normally in a war situation. It reminded me of this, the book, the things they carried. There's one particular story where this guy, his last name was lemon was blown up and, they're picking parts of his body out of a out of a tree while seeing lemon tree, and it just reminded me of like that. So I really think it was I don't know if it was intentional, but it was kind of a commentary on that. Maybe they should have mixed him with some lime. If only there was another guy named Lime. Uh, number two, you never really knew who was infected by the Trixie virus, so you weren't sure what was going to happen at any point. One moment everything would be normal, the next someone is just losing their shit and shooting at people. And number one. It was just kind of an interesting twist to the small town locals versus the military plot. Normally in films films of this kind, the military is just kind of invading a town or like putting or like establishing um, martial law on this area. But in this one, they're actually just trying to quarantine a virus while these four townsfolks were just kind of trying to get out of the quarantine zone. It was kind of hard to distinguish who the good guys were from the bad guys, which made the confrontations even more interesting. Plus, at one point, they shoot down a helicopter, all Metal Gear Solid style, so that was pretty pretty damn awesome. So there you have it. Um, now, normally, we get ourselves a little bit of a quote war, quote war going at this point, but due to the you know lines in this movie being very uh, contextually... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Dependent. It's really not appropriate to take out of context and kind of throw them. It is a very serious movie, and uh, I don't want to make light of any of the situation in it, actually. Yeah, no quote war. Sorry, guys. Next time. So we're just going to dive straight into our uh, into our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a three out of ten. I also gave it a three out of ten. Holy shit. Well, I have to say, this film does a great job exploring a complete social breakdown compounded by martial law being instated on a town wrapped with viral outbreak. The characters start out pretty bland, but quickly flesh out into relatable and even likable characters, only to be drawn into madness by the virus enveloping the town. Also, this film has a good mix of horror, action, and drama, rarely seen you know, as a good combination, with a little of each mixed together at the proper moments to create an enjoyable, even if it's slow to start, 
film bound to spark intelligent conversations in the aftermath. The crazy starts off slow but picks up pace after the but after the first 20 minutes and becomes complete anarchy. The characters weren't all that interesting, but really didn't need to be. Watching them slowly lose their minds as the crazy virus spreads through them, then made for some great scenes. At no point were you ever really sure who was infected and who wasn't, making the film unpredictable. However, due to their similar concepts, it's difficult and damn near impossible to avoid comparing this movie to an earlier George Romero film called Night of the Living Dead. While The Crazies is a good film and has a lot of unique qualities, Night of the Living Dead just kind of did most of the things that this movie did better in almost every way. Still, The Crazies is a good film in its own right and deserves to be considered one of George Romero's children. Maybe not one of his favorite children, but definitely not the one locked in the attic eating fish heads. Well, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, it's hard to not compare this film to Night of the Living Dead. You know, also seeing as how it came out in 1978, it's uh, it's hard not to compare it to another George Romero movie that came out the same year, Dawn of the Dead, where you actually see some of the same. Um, oh, God damn it. I did it again. This movie didn't come out in 1978. No, it did not. This it came, movie came out in seventy three. But to compare it to a later movie of George Romero's, Dawn of the Dead from 1978, it takes a lot of the same um, character aspects and uh, and throws them together. You see some of the same actors and actresses, and you see some of the same visual styles um, being put to play. Oh yeah, this is kind of this is kind of a good in between film between Night of the Living Dead and. Dawn of the Dead, because it's, um, I mean, kind of seems to transition pretty well, whereas Night of the Living Dead took place in pretty much one location. This, t- this took place in various locations, had a lot more action and violence, kind of like Dawn of the Dead. So, yeah, it's kind of, I guess, kind of consider this the in-between film. Yeah, it's, it's kind of along the zombie films as well, because it's like this virus is spreading and making, you know, person turn on person. But, uh... You know, we know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do. So we like to give every movie we watch, every B-movie, an A-movie companion. And tell you why this movie is the same, except of higher quality and standard. So, for me, I picked the 2004 film Resident Evil Apocalypse. I picked Scooby-Doo from 2002. I have to say, The Crazies from 1973 and Resident Evil Apocalypse from 2004 are the same film because... Both films revolve around a town being decimated by a virus, whether it's the Trixie virus or the T-virus. In both films, the town is quarantined by a military or paramilitary force sent in to control the situation. In both films, there is genuine worry that the virus will spread throughout the entire country in a short amount of time. And finally, both films explore a nuclear option in trying to contain the viral outbreak. I picked Scooby-Doo because both movies feature a gang of at least four individuals driving around in a van. One of the town's folks being hoarded into the quarantine area looked a lot like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, but unfortunately he was not played by the late and great Casey Kasem. Like Zoinks, dude! Oh, poor Casey Kasem. 
um, in both movies, there's some kind of unseen force causing people to act crazy. In the crazies, the Trixie virus um, caused people to go crazy. And in Scooby-Doo, there was some ancient curse and Mr. Bean was actually Scrappy-Doo or some shit. I don't fucking know. It's been years since I've seen it. and I'm not seeing it again. I think he peed on Daphne's tits. I'm pretty sure he did, too. Fucking Scrappy-Doo. And finally, the Crazies came out in 1973, and Scooby-Doo, the cartoon, came out in 1969. Well, it's close enough to the 70s, so why not? Why the fuck not, indeed? So if you want to watch an A-movie version of the Crazies, check out Scooby-Doo from 2002, or Resident Evil Apocalypse from 2004. But do not check out the remake of The Crazies because it's just a straight-up horror film and really has nothing to do with the original. Unless you want to see that. Then. Is it any good on its own? or? Eh, it's your generic horror film. Ah, uh, that's, that's sad. But if you want to drink away the flick, this is how we can drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. I'll give you some drink games for this film, and then so shall Paul. Number one, every time someone acts crazy, take a drink. Number two, every time the protagonists talk about the virus, take a drink. Number three, every time someone drinks alcohol, take a drink. Number four, whenever Clanker is a badass, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's George Romero month, anytime something comes back from the dead, or is referred to as dead, like the dead people in this movie, take a drink. Every time a scientist talks about the, the virus spreading, take a drink. Every time someone is taken to the quarantine area, take a drink. Every time someone laughs in a crazy manner, take a drink. And every time someone gets shot and burnt, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. If you have any other thoughts on this movie or anything else B-movie related, you can leave us a comment on either our YouTube or our SoundCloud pages right below the video. You can also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros or my personal Twitter handle at bmoviepaul. Also check out our other reviews and shows. We have new content each week, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website, bmoviebros.com. Want to support the show? Consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. Below, we appreciate any help we can get. So, as we've come to the end of week two for George Romero Month for us, uh, we have two films, and uh, I think it's fairly obvious. Um, in the number two spot right now is The Crazies from 1973, and uh, Night of the Living Dead, 1968 for me. I, I, I need no explanation there. Yeah, same here. I have The Crazies, obviously number two, and Night of the Living Dead is number one, which is a slightly better version of the, of the crazies. So, as we continue to remember George Romero, next week we're going to take a look at his vampire masterpiece, Martin. Ooh, Martin. This is one of my top five favorite films of all time. Now, this one was, according to IMDb, released in 1978. I made sure to fact check myself this time. So, until next time, friends. Be brave. Be alive and be back for more.